the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to stand right here and sing with y'all. No? Okay, I won't. I invite anyone up through the eighth grade to come and sit with me as we listen to our Canterbury kids sing their, what are they singing? What wondrous love. What wondrous love is this? Any kids? Bless you. Any kids up through the eighth grade? You're more than welcome. Thank you, kids. I suppose we can. We're not going to have a children's, come on down. We're not going to have a children's sermon today, but uh, thank you. These, these kids, they practice right after this service on Sundays uh, up through what grade, Lisa? This, this group is, is through age 12. Up 
up, up to age 12. So if anyone would like to practice with them and sing with them, we would be delighted to have you. I will confess to you that I am not in proper form today, just the uh, last couple of days not doing so well, but the Holy Spirit works in wonderful ways. And yes, I still have a joke. There was a motorist who was about two hours from San Diego when he was flagged down by a man whose truck had broken down. And the man walked up to the car and asked, are you going to San Diego? And the man answered, sure am, do you need a lift? No, 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 not for me. I'll be spending the next three hours here fixing my truck. My problem is I've got two chimpanzees in the back that have to be taken to the San Diego Zoo and they're a bit stressed already, so I don't want to keep them on the road all day. Could you possibly take them to the zoo for me? I'll give you $100 for your trouble. And the motorist, he said, I'd be happy to. So the two chimpanzees, they were ushered into the back seat of the man's car, carefully strapped into their seat belts, and off they went. Five hours later, the truck driver was driving through the heart of San Diego when suddenly he was horrified. There was the motorist walking down the streets holding the hands of the two chimps, much to the amusement of the crowd surrounding them. And with a screech of brakes, he pulled off the road and ran over to the man. What are you doing here? I gave you $100 to take these chimpanzees to the zoo. The man said, yes, I know you did, but we had money left over, so now we're going to SeaWorld. There are some things in life that really ought to be obvious. Take, for example, our gospel reading this morning. I hope you paid attention to the reading, even though the mic, mic kept going up and, and down. Um, this is quite a story we just heard, particularly about that fellow on the side of the road. So I want to do something a little bit different this morning. I want to put you in his place. I want you to imagine yourself as the blind man. You imagine yourself as the blind man. Here we go. It was very difficult for you to get any sleep last night. All you could think about were the events of the previous day. You'd gone out from your parents' home yesterday, just as you had done for over 20 years, ever since you had been old enough to care for yourself, you'd been going to the same spot on the same side of the same road every day to beg for alms. But yesterday was Shabbat, the Sabbath day, generally one of the more successful days of the week for you. People perhaps felt more generous on their way to and from worship in the temple or perhaps they felt more guilty. You were clever enough to quote scripture as you begged. Happy are those who consider the poor, 
The Lord delivers them in the day of trouble. Help me, poor and miserable, blind from my birth. Yes, Shabbat had always been one of your better days. You've come to know some of those who passed by over the years. The temple leaders who'd make such a production of giving you next to little while exhorting you to a more faithful life. The sweet old widow who would always have a few mites for you as a memorial to her little boy who died years ago. There were some who gave, who never made themselves known. They silently came up, they put a few coins in your bowl and walked on without saying a word and you would always acknowledge their gift with the shalom alaykum, but they would never ever respond. They just kept going. And of course, there were others who would also approach silently, but for other reasons, pranksters, who would come up as if to give you something, but instead they would grab whatever was in your bowl and run off laughing and taunting you to come after them. But you knew all the tricks. You had learned long ago never to leave more than a few mites in your bowl at any one time. You know, most of the money would be removed as soon as it was given to you and put in a pouch on the inside of your cloak. But on this particular Sabbath, it was not the temple leaders, it was not the widow, it was not the pranksters who approached you. It was a group of students with their rabbi. You made your usual appeal for mercy, help me poor and miserable, blind from my birth. But instead of hearing coins drop into the bowl, you heard one of them ask, Master, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And you're thinking, what? What kind of a question is that? Don't ask questions, just put shekels in my bowl. However, it was a fair question. One that you yourself had wondered about, although not in recent years. You'd even heard your parents discuss it from time to time. Some people actually believed that a person could sin while still inside the mother's womb. Or perhaps your blindness came because of some sin from your parents or your grandparents. I mean, who cares? Theology, semiology. You are blind too bad. But what did this rabbi say? He said that neither you nor your parents had sinned. He said that your blindness existed so that the works of God might be shown through you. What? And then the teacher said some more things that were totally lost on you. Things about working while it was day and the night coming when no one could work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And you had no idea what that meant. You didn't have much time to do any wondering, actually. For suddenly you felt something cool and soothing being put on your eyes. The rabbi had spat upon the ground, made a muddy 
paste and applied it to your darkened sockets. Many believed that there was some special power in the spittle of a famous man. The scientists of the day, they all said that spittle had curative qualities. It was said to be protection from the poison of serpents, a guard against epilepsy. Leprosy, leprous spots could be cured. But could it restore sight to one who had never known sight before? And again, no time to wonder. The rabbi told you to hurry on and wash it off in the pool of Siloam. And no trouble getting there. After all, the pool was one of the most famous landmarks in all of Jerusalem. So you arrived and you washed and as you finished, it was unbelievable. It was as if you had just been awakened from a long night by someone pulling back the shades and the light flooding into those sleep-darkened eyes. At first, you just kind of squinted against the brightness and then forms they became more well-defined and finally everything was clear in the morning light people and rocks and water and trees all these things you had only imagined before were now in clear sharp focus the shout formed deep in your heart and that burst forth from your lips, glory to God, I can see. And you kept shouting all the way home, I was blind, but now I can see. Needless to say, the neighbors had no idea what to make of it. Some said, well, looky here. He's the one who sat by the side of the road and begged. Others said, well, he looks like him, but it might be someone else. But you said, no, 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 it's not someone else, it's me. I am the one. I was blind, but now I can see. But how they wanted to know. So you told them the story. The man called Jesus, anointed my eyes with clay, told me to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, and now I can see. Over and over again, joyously, you told the same story. But the most special telling was to your mother and to your father. All these years they had worried and wondered over you, concerned what might happen to their child when they were no longer around. And now with eyes and mouths wide open, they listened to your incredible story, dumbstruck at the magnitude of the miracle that had taken place. Well, this was too big of an event to be held among just family and friends. Your parents, they took you to the temple to meet with the leaders there. They wanted the priests to verify that the miracle was real. And so the Pharisees, they asked you to tell them what happened. And once again, you repeated it just as you had done for everyone else. But there was a difference this time. Instead of being happy for what had happened to you, those Pharisees, they began to look at one another with a glance that said something like, you realize the one he is talking about is that fellow who has been causing so much trouble around here, Jesus of Nazareth. 
And so by the time you had finished your story, the, the temple leaders, they were ready to pounce. They were sure that this Jesus was a false prophet. And now they had the proof. They didn't care that someone who had been blind since birth could now see again. That made no difference to them. This Jesus had violated the Sabbath. This Jesus was definitely a lawbreaker, a false prophet, a sinner. But even though the violations seemed to show to them that Jesus was not from God, some of the other Pharisees said, how can a man who can do these things, who can perform such miracles, not be from God? And so they decided to ask you again what you thought. He opened your eyes. What do you say about him? Well, to you, it was obvious. This man is a prophet. You had never been particularly religious. After all, you weren't even allowed to attend the temple services because of your disability. But to you, there was no question. Jesus had to be a prophet of Yahweh. Well, by now, the skeptical Pharisees were beginning to see another possibility. Perhaps you had never really been blind at all. You were just a disciple of Jesus who said you were blind and now were healed to get the Jewish faithful ensnared by this false prophet. Aha, we caught you. And so they sent you into another chamber and they called your parents back in to see what they had to say your poor parents. They'd heard about the leaders of the temple. They were out to get Jesus. Had threatened anyone who claimed to be his disciple with excommunication. They would be excluded if they said the wrong thing from the congregation. Even their property might be forfeited. They would be social lepers. They would be cut off from God excommunication was a very powerful weapon but what could they say we're sorry but yes this is our son and yes he has been blind since birth no we don't know how his sight was restored ask him he's old enough to answer your questions your parents were afraid and who could blame them and so again the Pharisee the Pharisees, they called you in, thoroughly bewildered this time. They wanted to hear the story again. They said, swear it as in a court of law. Tell us what happened. And so one more time, you told them as plainly as you could, I do not know anything about whether this man is a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see. But the Pharisees persisted at you. Well, how did he do it? An exasperated smile came across your face. I've told you once, now you want to hear it again? Why? You, you, you don't want to become his disciples too, do you? And then you chuckled a little, which made your interrogators really angry. You shouldn't have done it that way. Not very tactful. That's partly why they began yelling at you, calling you names, saying, you are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, 
but we do, know, do not know about this man. And the words, they just came in torrents. And finally, with a sigh, you said, you people amaze me. You say you don't know where he comes from, but yet he gave me the sight I never had. God does not listen to sinners, but God does listen to those who fear him and to those who do his will. Since the beginning of time, no one born blind has ever, has ever had his sight restored until now. If this man had not been from God, he could never have done it. That was the last straw for the Pharisees, by the way. Had there been any doubt as to whether or not you were a disciple of Jesus, that doubt is now removed. And they said to you, how dare you try to teach us? After all, you were the one born in sin, born blind. Get out. Get out. And you were excommunicated. Quite a blow. You used to be a blind beggar by the road. Now you are a social leper and no good Jew would be allowed to associate with you. What should have been the happiest day of your life was turning to dust and ashes in your mouth. You went out, you wandered down the road a piece, and then you sat down under a tree to think about everything that had happened. You were discouraged, you were downcast. Then all of a sudden, there was Jesus again. And he came over to you and he asked, do you believe in the Son of God? And you responded, who is he, Master, that I might believe in him? And Jesus answered, not only have you seen him, but it is he who is talking to you right now. What else could you answer as suddenly the truth of what you had been saying to the Pharisees became so obvious? Lord, I believe. And you fell down and you worshipped him. And so this morning, when you awakened after all of that, you could look to the east and you could see the glory of a sunrise that you had never, ever seen before. And you could see the color of your clothes and you could look around the room and see the bed from which you had just arisen. But in your mind, there was something more. You could also see Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, yesterday you were blind, and then you met Jesus. And with millions and millions of others throughout the years, your eyes were opened. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.